Welcome to our Think Kingdom podcast. This week, we continue in our series, Making Disciples. Let's hear what God's Word has for us from lead pastor, Antoine Lassiter. So, uh, we're going to jump right back into Matthew uh, 28. And so, go grab your electronic Bibles. Um, Matthew uh, 28 and 18, Jesus came and told his disciples I have been giving all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples. Repeat after me. Go and make disciples. Now, this is nothing that Antoine, Pastor Antoine, is suggesting. These are from the lips of Jesus talking to his disciples. We are the benefactors of their obedience. If they did not obey God, we will not be sitting, standing here right now in his church. He told the disciples, go and make disciples, and they just did that. So yesterday, last week, my week has been long, but Last week, um, we talked about in order for us to make disciples, we have to be disciples. So uh, I need for y'all to get with me if you don't mind. Um, But here's the thing. He says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you always. So he says this as if there may be some challenges along the way to make disciples. And he says, be sure of this one thing. Good, bad, or indifferent, I am with you always. And the whole church said amen. It's something happens when we realize that I'm preaching myself happy. There's something happens when we realize that Jesus is with us. There's a swagger, an attitude, a boldness that we should have when we recognize that Jesus is with us. Now, I understand that there are times in my life where I feel alone. There are times in my life that I struggle. But if I ever can get back to realizing that he is with me, I want you to understand that today we are going to the valley because most of us can recognize that we live in a valley. And so God has placed a word in my heart for this church, but it's your faith that has to demand it be poured out. So listen, this discipleship journey that you're on is exactly that, a journey. And this journey is hard. Can I get real, folk, right now? Listen, it's one thing to lead myself. It's another thing to lead my family. It's another thing to lead God's people. And so no matter where you are in this journey, the hardest battle is leading yourself. And so when we said um, in, in our faith and we, our faith walk and we were baptized, when we declared that Jesus is Lord, I don't know about you, but there were moments of a honeymoon stage that every time I prayed, it seemed like he answered. But then I kept walking. And, and soon I realized that the prayers that I lifted up to him were slowly not being answered. Anyone Anyone that there's a honeymoon stage of this thing that we declare that he's Lord, but he, some of us were not prepared for the valley we was about to walk through. And so you know how it is. You enroll in school and you got your credits and you're learning and you're about to study and you see the end goal. But you know, there's 120 credits between that and graduation. 
But it's not just learning. It's not just studying. There's a lot of things along the way. I did not sign up for this. And so I did not know that, that, that when I got married, I did not know that not only was I going to have to lead myself, but I was in constant conflict with my wife because she was trying to lead herself. And oftentimes we were leading from different positions. I didn't know what was before me. I didn't know when I said I do, there was a lot of things that I wouldn't. I, I didn't know that, that, that when, I, when we start this journey of faith, I did not know what trials and tribulations awaited. But he said, I'm with you always. Good times, bad times, I'm with you. So discipleship is this journey that we're on. And there's a distinction there shouldn't be, but because of the overuse of a word, um, there's a difference now, unfortunately, being a disciple and being Christian. They should be one and the same. But disciples must continue learning and strengthening their relationship with God. And as disciples, we are baptized. In Acts chapter 2, verse 42, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And so discipleship is devotion to the word of God, to fellowship, to food. Read your Bible, the breaking of bread. Would you look at me funny? They ate. They loved to eat. Someone's like, yeah, I can get with that. But this just isn't in the good times, but hard ones as well. And most of us are effective when whatever we are doing doesn't interfere with how we feel or what we have to do or what we want to do. And this discipleship journey is always in conflict with ourselves. Jesus in Matthew chapter 16 asked the disciples, who do, you, who do men say that I am? And they responded, yeah, some say you're John the Baptist, some say you're Elias, some say you're Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And Peter boldly says, there are the Christ, the son of the living God. And then in a few verses later, Jesus has to rebuke Peter because Peter rebuked Jesus for saying that he has to die and he has to be on the cross. And, and Peter's like, no. And then Jesus says, uh, get thee behind me, Satan. And so this is Peter declaring that Jesus is Lord in one breath and behaving like he isn't in the other. This is the discipleship journey. Declaring Jesus is Lord, but living like he is, is usually the challenge. So you see down the road, and so we had this graphic of, of Jesus is Lord, and that's like a mountaintop, and that's, that's where we are. So we had Jesus is Lord here. But here's the challenge, beloved. The challenge is that when we say that Jesus is Lord is here, we don't stay there. Like, he invites us to the mountain, Tiffany, but unfortunately, we don't live on the mountain. So we have to continue this journey of meeting him on the mountain, but living things out by walking through the valley. And that's the challenge. The mountain is the place where vision is clear. You can look out and see the land. The mountain is where the promises are made, but the valley is the place where it is tried and tested. 
the valley can leave us with the clenched fist of hope or the broken hand of despair. What you and I must face is usually in the valley. It's in the valley that David faced Goliath. It's in the valley that Joseph found himself in the pit. It's in the valley that Peter denied Jesus three times. There's opposition in the valley. The mountain is where you weep because of his presence. But the valley is where you weep because you feel like he's absent. The valley is different. I'm talking to people today that understand that I'm going through real talk. I'm going through a valley experience in my marriage. I'm going through a valley experience in my health. Anyone here today going to admit, Pastor, I hear everything you're saying, but the challenge is I'm in the valley. Anybody? Anybody? I got real folk. I got real folk. See, uh, on the mountain is where we see the light. But it's the valley where we experience the shadows. It's the valley, the valley. And so if I was going to name this sermon today, it's simply the valley. This is the turning point. It's in the valley that everything that we say about God's goodness, it's in the valley that everything is tested. You know how it is. Like, like, pastor, uh, friend, I'm going to follow Jesus like my life depended on it. But we get in that valley, and we can't find you. Okay? Oh, wow. The valley isn't just struggle. The valley helps identify those areas of my life that I have not declared Jesus is Lord. This is the valley of decision. Um, James chapter 1, verse 2 says, Count it all joy when you encounter, encounter trials. What? You mean I'm supposed to celebrate? When I'm going through, mm, because trials fuel faith and nothing is wasted in the valley. And that's why your story is so important. It's the valley that draws you closer to God. It's the valley that shifts your focus from talking about God to talking to God. It's the valley. It's the valley where you no longer focus on adrenaline or zeal. It's the valley where you feel resistance. Instructions are given on the mountaintop, but it's applied in the valley. And this is the valley. And this is uh, what Psalm, the Psalm writer David said in Psalms 23 and 4. Even when I go through the darkest valley, I fear no danger for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Even when I go and not if I go, when I go through the darkest of valleys, he says this. He's, yea, though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, this valley must be walked through. Not, can't be avoided. The valley is where your faith is worked out. I will argue on your way to fulfill your primary calling. Your primary calling, our primary calling is to be uh, Jesus' disciples. But I will argue that everything comes out in the valley. Because the valley strengthens us. It's, it's in the valley. James chapter 1 verse 3 says, For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. My God, it's in the valley that we grow. Man, I'm talking to somebody that understands that I'm beyond the honeymoon stage of my marriage. Your marriage does not get strengthened because of the honeymoon. 
Your marriage gets strengthened because of the trials that you endure. This is the valley. You meet God on the mountain, but you learn to trust God in the valley. This is the valley. And it's the valley where God meets us. It's in the, we meet God on the mountain. We climb the mountain, we meet God, but it's the valley where God comes to meet us. It's the valley that's inevitable. It's Thanos. It's unavoidable. It's inevitable. It's, it's going to happen. That's the valley. The valley takes our lunch, and oftentimes it makes us ration, ration out the rest. This is the valley. Nothing, not everything is worked out yet, but the reality is you cannot live on the mountain, but you can't stay in the valley either. And I have one point. This whole message, and I'm about finished, and I mean it. I have one point, but I'm not going to make that point just yet. <laughs> if we believe discipleship applies to our whole lives, and it does, it must speak to the parts of our life that are painful, messy, and complicated. The valley adds value while making us vulnerable all at the same time. While we don't travel through dark valleys in a physical sense, we understand what the dark valley is. When Jesus says in Matthew chapter 4, verse 19, come and follow me and I will make you fishers of men, little did we know what that actually meant. It's one thing, oh, God help me. We, we may face persecution. We may go through emotional valleys of doubt, despair, or fear. We might experience temptations to sin from within us and without us, and in all of these valleys, it can feel like we are all alone. But the gospel answers the deepest longings found in all of us. The gospel answers every heart question we have. The gospel must, must be as true in the dark as it is in the light. The gospel must be as true in the valley as it is on the mountaintop. In every season, there must be a way for us to follow Jesus' call to come follow him. We have to follow Jesus to the mountain or through the valley because struggles can help reveal the cracks in our thinking. The valley exposes areas we haven't surrendered to God. These areas are often overlooked and ignored, and that's why we love the mountaintop. After we finish worshiping and resting, see, the mountaintop is where we, work, where we worship and we rest. But it's in the valley where we work and we worship. And the holes in me are further aggravated by the hurts coming at me. That's the valley. And so as I listen to the hearts of the people of God that he has allowed me to lead, I'm hearing the weight of their valley experiences. We need spaces for honesty, and we also need spaces of hope. I believe that this can come when we have conversations with our brothers and sisters in Christ about what it looks like to follow Jesus faithfully when life gets hard. In the midst of our honesty, we can find hope as we are reminded of God's abiding presence and faithfulness when we walk through the valley. Most of our stories are filled with hope and hell. 
blessings and burdens, angst and excitement. This is the stories that we have endured. I'm amazed at listening to people's hearts about what they've gone through, and they don't look like what they've gone through. It's because the Holy Spirit gives us the desire and the power to keep moving through the valley. And the more I walk with people, I realize that I can't lead a person out of their valley. I can walk with them through it, but I can't lead them out of it. And it's difficult to understand that because there's three parts to discipleship. It's God's God's part. It's the person who's making the disciple, which is, let's say it's my part. And then it's the other person's part. There's a three-prong relationship here. It's I'm being discipled, I'm following Jesus, but there's a part that I have to play. This is a place of shadows. We must recognize that the place of shadows is not a permanent home. When the darkness closes in and you don't know what else to do, This is my one point. I'm not going to make it yet. The problem is that Job, when when you read the book of Job, many of us are reading scriptures together, and we, we went through the book of Job. My biggest challenge with the book of Job is God never explained to Job why he put him in the valley. And so oftentimes, when we're in the valley, we're asking God, how long? Or why? Anybody else? And so he's God and he is not obligated to answer us. But what do I do in the meantime? I trust him even if I don't have the answer. Because what faith must do is outlast explanations. Faith has to outlast excuses. Faith chooses to survive what it cannot explain. I don't know why that thing didn't take me out. I don't understand why I didn't lose my mind and they did. I don't know except for the goodness. There are times that, 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 that you wanted to throw in the towel, but you didn't. I don't know why outside of the fact that you held on with the clenched fist of hope. That's the valley. And many of our hearts cry is, Lord, how long? And oftentimes, Tanya, he doesn't answer. And that's the, ooh, that's the grief. That's the angst. Why did this? That happens in the valley. And I understand that the valley is today's decisions determines tomorrow's destiny. And what we choose today affects us tomorrow. And here's the, here's the thing, and, and, and the church is like family, and the family of God is comprised of many different types of people. And there are leaders or parents that has to ensure that the family accomplishes the master's goals. And so oftentimes, my identity in Christ plus my responsibility equals godly contact, but, conduct. But what do you do? When you've taken residence in the valley. What do you do when you succumb to the doubts and now you don't feel like walking? 
What do you do when I prayed about the marriage? I prayed about the life. I prayed, and he doesn't seem to answer. What do you do? What do you do when your longing for change seems to extend the time in which you live in the valley? And so I wrestled with this all week. Lord, what do you do? And it's simple, and it's complex, and it's hard all at the same time. That's my one point. You keep walking. That, beloved, there are times in your life when the Lord removes it. But more times than not, he doesn't. And the only thing you can do, Rob, is to keep walking. That thing, whatever that thing is, that's, as, as Paul says, I, I prayed three times and that thing still is here. And the only thing that God tells Paul is to keep walking. If you're here today and I know your heart is breaking and it's crying out, Lord, how long? I'm here to tell you by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep walking. The valley is not the place that you live. The valley is a place that you keep walking. Beloved of God, keep walking. And there are times when he sends this cloud by day and there are times he sends the pillar of fire at night. But at, when you're in the valley, look to the mountain, look to the hills which come at your help. You cannot get so low that you can't see the mountain. God wants you to keep walking. And this is the responsibility that we have. It's, listen, man, I, I promise you, I know, I know where you are. He's telling us to keep walking. While in the valley, keep your eyes on the mountain. While in the valley, keep walking and remember. And this is, this is hard right here. Keep walking and remember you're not walking alone. That's, that's the challenge. That's... That's it, Tiffany. That's it. That yay, though, even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no danger. Why? Because he's with, he is with you on the mountain of worship, a mountain of inspiration, a mountain of impartation, and he's also with you in the valley of pain. He's with you. And I want to remind you today that you have the grace to endure the valley. Grace is available to you. And so grace reveals his purpose. And so if you are here and you don't know where you are in that discipleship journey, I don't know if you feel like I am where Jesus is Lord and I'm just understanding that or I'm in the deepest of valleys. I want you to be honest with yourself because it's the valley that he's calling you to live on purpose. You are called out from the world into the family of God. And this is the church of the living God, and we different. We are alive. We're called out. We're on a purpose and on a mission, and we are called to live a life worthy of the one who has called us. If you stop reading the Gospels and you stop reading at the point where, where Peter denied 
Jesus three times and you stop reading then, then you won't understand what happens after Peter goes to that valley. The same Peter that denied Jesus, the, the same Peter that was rebuked by Jesus but, but not thinking kingdom, that the same Peter is the same Peter now that stands up when the Holy Spirit has come and 3,000 people get saved. It's amazing what happens when Matthew chapter 4, Jesus uh, meets uh, his disciples, and Peter happens to be one of them, and he says, come follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men. You keep reading. Peter gets in the bind. All hope is lost. Jesus says, I'm going to make you fishers of men, and then you know where Jesus finds Peter? Back fishing. Because sometimes in your life, um, when Jesus calls you to a greater place um, and it doesn't work like you think it should, you go back to what you know. But that does not divorce the call off your life. And so I'm trying to let you know, I know you're in the valley and I know it looks dark, but keep on walking. Because it's something in your mouth, not mine, it's not in Tiffany's, it's not in Tanya's, it's something in your mouth that someone else needs to hear. Yay, even when I walk through the valley. That's a personal experience. And what I'm seeing is your valley ain't like mine. And I cannot dismiss the impact of your valley on you. Uh, it's the, the biggest challenge in, uh, in the culture that we have is um, not that anyone exaggerates their testimony, but sometimes we highlight um, the struggle more than the faithfulness of God. We, we, we don't have to exaggerate God's faithfulness for us to say that God is good. Whether we've had an easy childhood, which means I grew, up all, I grew up in church all my life, never really strayed, I followed Jesus, and now here I am today, eh, that's not enough. We got to say, I got shot 15 times, died four times on the table, got up from the table, walked out of the hospital and got hit by a car. Like, like, at the, like, like that is evidence that God is working more for you than he is in this person's life. Listen, it's God's spirit that we have available to all of us. And it doesn't mean that I'm, the more I'm pressured, oh, look at the anointing. Listen, I understand what that means, but here's the reality. You can have as much or a little as God as you want. That's our responsibility. You don't have to exaggerate what God has done for you. Simply put, God is good. And oftentimes we exaggerate. No, sorry. It's not that we exaggerate, but we highlight everything that's wrong so that God can get more glory. I've been through this and I've been, listen, listen. I understand what you mean. And I get it. But God is good in spite of. And I don't have to convince you of just how good God is. I just got to keep walking. And I don't know where you are in this discipleship journey. And you're probably given information or a little handout because I want you to identify where you are. So as Danny plays something nice and something spiritual... I want you to look at that journey, that, that thing you were given. I'm going to say this. And I don't mean the way it may come out because it's not something that I thought about per se. 
Help me, Lord. I, I don't want you to come here feeling the goosebumps, feeling empowered, only to feel defeated by Tuesday. Let's just shut it down. I want real change. He's Lord. And even if I'm in a valley of liminality, transition, waiting for the light bulb to go off, I got to understand that this is the, the ebb and flow of my, my journey. You ever feel like Superman just in the spirit? Like you declare a thing and it happens? Yeah, right. But you don't feel like that often. So what do you do in between time? What do you do in the, middle, in the, in the messy middle? What do, you, what do you do while you're waiting for that thing you've been praying about to come to pass? You keep walking. I'm talking to ones today that you're just honest. I'm here. But pastor, I stopped walking a long time ago. I'm talking to God. God sees you. I lost hope. That's, that's all the valley. See, the enemy uses the valley to suck out the hope in your life. Like, I, I, I said this a while back. Um, you know, the Lord gave it to me, and I now I understand why. And I was trying to make it happen, and it never happened. But I wanted to start like a podcast or something where we share our journeys. Because I have the, my wife and I have the distinct pleasure of walking alongside or, or hearing people's stories. And it's incredible. And I just want to create avenues where you are inspired as a church family by hearing the testimony of the saints. It's incredible. Somebody need to hear your story. Because the encouragement should come from the word of God, absolutely. But we overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb, what he did on the cross, and the word of our testimony. And so I want to create avenues where you share like the real testimony. And I say this, because you may not understand why Tiffany worships the way she worships. But if you hear her story, and, and, and that's, you may not understand that when a person is sitting in this church and they're just sitting in this church, it's a big deal because they walked away like that. That's testimony. So you may not see me active. You may not see me serving, but the mere fact I'm in the house of God says there's a God. And I hear like, I, I hear these stories, I, I hear stories of uh, we, when we was on a prayer call, somebody said literally like 10 years ago, um, um, I walked away from God completely. And then they're getting up at 6.33 in the morning praying to God. And it gives you context. It makes you, you start hearing where, where people have been um, mistreated in the church. And they're walking through them doors. 
Like that testimony, bro, that like, it's a big deal they're here. Listen, don't get caught up in, you know, my charisma. There's so many stories yet to be told. And that's where I believe that the world should see the church as attractive. Because the white, the black, the male, the female, the rich, the poor, the successful, the ones who are struggling, the family that's traditional, but yet the family that's not, that all come together. Because it's the Father who draws us. That's the stories. But we got to create avenues where people can share their stories. Because you, we should know those who labor among us. That concludes this week's message. If you are blessed by anything you heard in today's podcast and you feel like to give, feel free to text the word GIVE to 704-741-3705. And if you are in Kannapolis, Charlotte, or surrounding areas, come on by and visit us at 465 South Cannon Boulevard in Kannapolis, North Carolina, Sundays at 1033. You can also join us online Sundays on Facebook and YouTube. Be sure to subscribe to us and also check us out on Instagram under Think Kingdom. As always, you can go back and hear this message and so many more right here on our Think Kingdom podcast.